When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, it's the big show. Yeah, Joe Biden being creepy again, but we got a special thing for you. Byron Dan- Donalds is going to join us. Can't wait. Chad Withrow as well. But Jolton Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen, Jolton Joe Biden wants all of us to raise all of our kids. They're not your kids. They're our kids. No, they're not. They are not. And I don't want Joe Biden's lips on my child. Look at this latest gaffe from our clown president. This is the president of the United States getting creepy again. Let's have a look. Trip overseas, just leaving Finland. Oh, come on. Look, get out of here. Ah. Get out of here, Joe. Show that again. Look at the baby's face. Like, come on. You, now, what do you do with all that VD and stuff? Ago on come his on. Way back from the United States. More analysis on his performance on the world stage. <sighs> come on. Why do we got to do that? Nobody wants that. I mean, I know you're trying to project a grandfatherly image, but you're not even a grandfather to your own kids. Hunter's got that. Uh, kid out there, he went and testified. He went and got a lower car payment or kid payment or whatever the hell you call it. Next thing you know, Jolton Joe and Dr. Jill, they don't even talk about that kid. Now, all of a sudden, he's supposed to throw his lips and chew on little kids. It's just gross. And when are you going to wise up, America, and end this charade? When are we going to end this? Come on, we don't need his lips on your kids, Mikey. We don't need his lips anywhere. We don't need his lips talking. We just don't, and it's gross, and you know it, and it continues. I mean, he's side-boobing Eva Longoria. I can't blame him, I guess, unless you're the president of the United States, and Eva's got to take his hands off, and you're like, come on, creepy Joe. We have the creepiest, most dishonest president ever, ever. At least public creepy. Privately, they're all little creepers. I mean, JFK is considered a hero, and he was banging everything that walked. I don't even know what kind of diseases he might have now were he not uh, dead. Uh, But he is, Joe Biden, the biggest creeper that we've ever had in pre- at a president. He, I know that my boy at the Indy Star said he's just a nice old man. No, he's a creep. I mean, his daughter's talking about the dude trying to shower with her when he's like 20. I, it's just awful. It's ridiculous. It's beneath the United States. Keep your creepdom in private. We don't need it in public every 10 minutes. My God, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. i tell you what else drives me nuts. I don't know what's going on with Zion Williamson, but I know this. Hang with bad people, you get bad results. So this Mariah Mills not only went off on Zion Williamson, he of the many, many, many Krispy Kremes, triple cheeseburgers with double meat, double cheese, double everything, triple cheeseburger with double meat. That don't make no sense. Anyway, now 
this woman is accusing Zion Williamson of being a wife beater, saying he's paying hush money to her. Let's look. Let's look. You guys, I literally did not want to come to the internet, and I'm just tired of saving face for this man that's completely disrespecting me to the world, and I literally have to take this. Every time I come on the internet, people are bashing me because of this man, literally. And I'm tired of it. He knows. He he said he's going to send me $62,000. I have yet to receive that since June. I'm literally here. Like, he's literally a liar. You guys, everything he says, he's a liar. He's not who he says he is. I literally been saving face. I did not want to come to the world and let you guys know what he has been doing to me my entire relationship with him. He is a woman beater and the NBA needs to know this. <sighs> I literally did not want to come to this because I know he has so many endorsements. But Zion Williamson is a woman beater. <laughs> and the reason he was paying me off is so I won't come to the world and tell everybody. <laughs> yeah, this is unfortunate because I always want to defend a woman. But my sister, being a 25-year prosecutor, will always tell me this. Don't. Don't just always believe the woman. My sister was a domestic violence prosecutor. I hope she has some evidence of this. I think of Addison Russell. Addison Russell was a young shortstop for the Cubs whose wife came out and exposed him as abusive, and his career was over. But I believe she had some evidence. She had some pictures to support her claim. The easiest thing in the world we know now is to accuse somebody, and I hope she's not doing that uh, frivolously. If she is, in fact has been abused by Zion Williamson. And Zion Williamson has a serious problem. Zion Williamson has a serious problem anyway because people are getting tired of him and this woman is bringing him down. Hell hath no fury. But it goes to a whole different level if he is a woman abuser and she can prove that. We'll see what happens. But this is a very serious allegation. This is something that has ruined men's career. And I think all of us that follow the Cubs remember Addison Russell. It was going to be... Bryant and Russell and Baez and Rizzo all across. And then these allegations came out. And quite frankly, if you really look at the history of the Cubs breaking up in Addison Russell's career, it was pretty much over for all of it once all of this came out. And as I said, the young lady in Russell's case had evidence, had pictures of the abuse. And once that came out, it was over for Russell. Let's see what happens in this. I don't take this lightly. I don't. I've always said this about men that abuse women, about men that prey on young married women. You're cowards. Now, I don't know if this happened or not. I do not know. I'm guessing you'll have to take this woman at her word. But if you do this, you are a coward. That's why I say about my man Greg Doyle, complete coward, the indie star writer for preying on a young married woman with a couple kids. Now, she's a pain in the ass, too, for doing it. But I've always said... You are a coward if you cheat on or you prey on young women and if you abuse women. I've always also said this. What do you do once you abuse somebody? What do you do? I don't know. Always said it. Never knew, don't know, have no idea. No idea. But, hey, if he did, he's got a serious, serious problem. Hey, George Kyle not happy with me last night. The aging veteran coach all pissed off. And he really doesn't like us here at OutKick. And look, I don't blame him. It's a little bit too smart. 
Uh, sorry, Dan, don't give much focus to Bowling Green or to Trump-loving outlets. That's after George Carl saw my rant on Carl and uh, Mark Cuban from last week, where really, I did Cuban a favor. I gave him an out. I gave him a way to debate Clay Travis without looking like a complete fool when Clay would bring up China. It was a very informational rant that I went on. George Carl didn't like it. Eh, I called him the old ball coach, blah, 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 blah. But George didn't like it. And this is kind of what started it. Greg Popovich literally hates America, and he just signed the richest contract ever for an NBA head coach. We'd like to know which country he'd prefer to live in, where he could make over $200 million in a career teaching men that are 6'10", 7'6", whatever, to put a ball through a hoop. That's what you're doing. Look, all these NBA coaches, that's, all they're doing is, is just being babysitters. That's all they do. They're all afraid of China. They're all afraid to be called racist. They're all afraid. Ha-ha, should have focused on me kicking the blank out of North Carolina, little Mikey. That's Michael Jordan to you people. And, of course, cheating Dean, that's Dean Smith, cheated his brains out but just did it at the end of his career, as we IU folks call him. Seems like Georgie. George Carl, spend most of his time focusing on Trump-loving outlets. We thank you for your support. He's always commenting on OutKick or Clay Travis and now us. Look, I get it. You're old. You're sitting around. You're trying, you know, to keep yourself relevant. You just went in the Hall of Fame. Yay, Rod. Go fight win. But anyway, George Carl seems to, seems to, Enjoy reading OutKick. And we do thank you, George Carl, whoever you are. Who knew he was still alive? I got to tell you, I did not. I know I'm wrong about that. And I know there's probably people that are going to be mad at me for saying that. But I wasn't sure. I don't follow who makes the Hall of Fame. I don't. I should, but I don't. I don't follow who makes the Basketball Hall of Fame because they are, well, you got to have African-American. You got to have a woman. got to have an Asian. You got to blah, 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 blah. Like, Bob Knight couldn't get in the Hall of Fame with three national championships, a Pan-American gold and a Pan-American, excuse me, and an Olympic gold, and now people want Bob Huggins in the Hall of Fame, or he got in the Hall of Fame, or guys like George Carl. Child, please, don't at me about this crap. George Carl, go back from where you came from, but keep reading, keep watching. We thank you for your support. On a Sunday afternoon, I was just minding my own beeswax. That's all. And next thing you know, Jorge comes at me, and I ain't having it. Anyway, thank you for the support, George. Uh, Tyreek Hill makes a bold prediction, and it's not as crazy as you think. Last person to go, uh, no one's ever gone over uh, 2,000 yards as a wide receiver in the NFL. Last person to come close was actually Tyreek Hill last year, but the closest over 1,900 yards was back in 2012, and that was Calvin Johnson. But Tyreek Hill, who started out great last year, man, my man was rolling. Then all of a sudden, you know what happened. Tua gets hurt. There wasn't a lot of chemistry. It went south. But Tyreek Hill says 2,000 yards in a Super Bowl. We're getting that. Believe that. Oh, well, if Tyreek Hill says it, then we believe it. When I first saw it, I said, yeah, okay. But then I realized, wait a second, the dude had over 1,700 yards last year with kind of a discombobulated quarterback situation in Miami. Now, the one thing you got to understand is there's no way to know 
whether or not the quarterback situation in Miami is going to become discombobulated again because Tua seems to get injured, and Tua is their guy. They have committed to Tua, and good for them. But I'm going to watch for this because I like things that have never been done before. I like that my son transferred from Michigan to Ohio State. Had never been done before. I like that a guy left ESPN to become a star here on OutKick. It had never been done before. Now it's been done, and we are very, very happy about it. Yeah, why not? Uh, Our guy, Jolton Joe Biden, every day in my book, every day is National Ice Cream Day. All right. If I'm going to say Joe Biden, and I'm going to ask Representative Samuels this when we talk to him in a minute, but I want to know, ladies and gentlemen, I want to know if there's anything good that Joe Biden has done. This might be it. Joe Biden can go down on an ice cream cone like Linda Lovelace back in the 70s, baby. Joe Biden has brought ice cream back. Now, I don't know. Maybe people think ice cream's out of style because Joe Biden's got it back. But I've always been a big ice cream man. I had a T-shirt that said, world's greatest refrigerator raider. And it had ice cream in the refrigerator which it shouldn't be. Of course, it should be in the freezer. But I'd eat ice cream today, tomorrow, the next day. So Joe Biden, salute, baby. We're celebrating Athens of the South. What is it? Nash Vegas. We are celebrating you today, Joe Biden, because you're making ice cream, I don't know, good or bad. Oh, man. Dylan Mulvaney back in the news. She needs needs whatever the hell it is. Needs to be in the news. Went to Peru. Freight for herself in America, so hightailed it down to Purdue. Purdue, not Purdue, Peru. Could have gone to Purdue. They would welcome it there. She claims not to feel safe in the United States, but of course she went to Los Angeles, look at it, to the LGBTQ, wait a sec, LGBTQ plus festival in a see-through nipple dress. Yeah, she did. And the New York Times, well... It blurred out her nipples. Look, guys, it's okay for dudes to have nipples. It's not one of those things. And if you have a penis, you're a dude. I'm just saying. And if you have a penis, it's okay to see your nippies. But the New York Times tried really, really hard. But good for Dylan. We all feel better that Dylan Mulvaney is feeling safe here in the United States. We didn't want one of our stars, one of our heroes, one of our proponents, one of our upfront and most courageous. It's only a matter of time before Dylan Mulvaney wins an ESPY for courage. It's only a matter of time. You know, I got to believe that Norby Williamson, Jimmy Patero, and the boys and gals of old ESPN are smart enough to see what happened with Dylan Mulvaney represented Bud Light, which, by the way, is still in crisis. I would think that they won't get a, give a Courage Award to old Dylan, but would you really put it past him? Serious business. If they announce tomorrow, you know what, we're just getting this out of the way. We're just getting this out of the way. Dylan Mulvaney is America's most courageous. We're giving her an SB. How would you feel about that? I don't think I would feel great about that. I'd be like, eh. (laughs) 
Another reason not to watch the ESPYs. Another reason why the ESPYs will continue to go down until they decide to get... Hey, Dylan Mulvaney wore a see-through dress last night after claiming she was afraid for his safety and fled to Peru. Yeah, there you go. That's the creepiest human being alive. It really is. And there's a lot of creepers. Joe Biden's a creeper. I'm sure every neighborhood has a creeper, but you got to give Dylan Mulvaney credit. She ain't afraid of her own creep. All right, do you believe this? Do you believe that Andy Dalton is a Hall of Famer? Last year here in the great city of Indianapolis, we had to listen to wide receiver coach Reggie Wayne. Anyway, talk about, well, I almost want to throw up. Why do you almost want to throw up, Reggie? Because Matt Ryan reminds me so much of Peyton Manning. Oh, well, after about 10 minutes of watching Matt Ryan, guess what Colts fans wanted to do? Colts fans wanted a yakety-yak, don't talk back. They did. They wanted just a puke. Well, now... Andy Dalton, who's been a good quarterback? Andy Dalton's been fine. You guys can argue with me, but his years in Cincinnati, he was a good quarterback. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer by any stretch, but I will tell you this. I will bet you that guys from this era get in the Hall of Fame with less numbers. Andy Dalton's on one of those deals where he wants to stay around long enough, maybe get another couple thousand passing yards. So at least when he's on the ballot, people don't just bypass him. You know what I'm saying? That's where Andy Dalton is. But I think anybody from Cincinnati would say, nice quarterback. Miles Sanders, you're a nice kid. Very good. You're promoting a guy. We like it. We respect it. You're positive about your teammate. But let's be honest, Andy Dalton is not a Hall of Famer, never has been a Hall of Famer, and won't be a Hall of Famer. No, seriously. I mean, and that's not hard. If I was going to say to you who are Hall of Famers, it'd be interesting right now. Justin Herbert's not a Hall of Famer. I don't think Patrick Mahomes certainly is a Hall of Famer. I don't know about Matt Ryan and Phillip Rivers, two of the Colts' latest. But I also got to tell you, I'll tell you what Phillip Rivers can do. He can create children. They just announced that Phillip Rivers, his wife, is pregnant with their not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, not nine, but ten. Count them, ten children. Tenth kid. That's right. Their tenth child. Holy cow. Good for the Riverses. They got a basketball team. They can line them up. They can play full court, but he ain't a Hall of Famer. Come on. He's not a Hall of Famer. Danny Dalton's not a Hall of Famer. Matt Ryan's not a Hall of Famer. Patrick Mahomes is a Hall of Famer. Joe Burrow isn't a Hall of Famer yet. All these guys might be, but they're not Hall of Famers yet. Let's not lie to one another. Let's not lose our mind on all of this. You got to get to a certain level to be a Hall of Famer. Is Byron Donald's? the running mate of Donald Trump. I can't wait to ask him. I can't wait to find this out. I cannot wait to find out what Republicans have to do to win the election. Is he going to be a running mate? Would he be a running mate choice? I'm anxious. I like I like talking to smart people. I do. Dem Squad faces backlash for smearing Israel as a racist state, man. What the squad? Some clown named Pramila? J-Pal basically said Israel is a racist state. Look, these folks in this squad just say stuff. Why, doesn't, why don't you just leave it alone? 
Why doesn't the squad just leave all this stuff alone? You don't have to make these crazy allegations. You don't have to just say stupid stuff. And it's not just the squad. You don't have to make inflammatory statements about anything. You just don't have to. Just discuss why does everything out of our supposed leadership have to be inflammatory statements? I get it. So you can go with other members of the squad and go, yeah, we showed them. No, you're just causing trouble. How about we just discuss? How about we just debate among our leadership? Let shows like us, let shows like ours make inflammatory. Let shows like ours bring the juice. You guys should be adult. You guys should discuss. You guys should be out there talking, debating, not inflaming. Period. I mean, the inflaming, I guess it wins you elections because all your people go, yay, Rod, go fight win. But this is what really bothers me. This is what really, really bothers me. It's not what you say. If you want to say stupid, fine. But we need adults in the room. We just do. I'm sorry. We do. Man, we, we cater to so much, it drives me bat blank crazy and there's really no necessary, there's no reason for it. I would like to see one person, and this is why, this is why I like our next or our guest at 10, because he acts like an adult. Byron Donalds acts like an adult. When you read him, he's an adult. I mean, I'm sorry, but he is. Look, this is bad business, and this is just, I, I don't understand this. I am from, well, I am from the world of if a police officer stops me, I'm very, very, very nervous. I don't like, I put my hands here, I roll down my window, I don't move, I look, and I've had a gun put to my head three times by police officers. Not one, not two, three times. Once on a street coming from Cedar Lake to Maryville, I was running late, once uh, cops pulled us over in our van. We had played night hockey at home with Flossmore. There had been a robbery. Our van fit the uh, subscription. I opened the door. Cop had a gun on me. I spit tobacco out. It hit his shoes. It wasn't good. And once I was a designated driver as a freshman in college, I was hanging out with a young lady. My boys got a hold of me, said, come downtown and get us. I ran a stop sign, didn't know it, didn't see it. Next thing you know, we were surrounded, and my buddy opened up the door and beer canned fell out of his hand. It was a problem. Cops had guns on us. I'm very nervous about cops. But you know who isn't nervous about cops? Alexander Galenchuk. He's a former hockey player. He actually is a hockey player. He was getting ready to sign a new deal. He threatened to chop an officer, responded to a hit and run, and cut out the kidneys of the officer's family members. I will end your bloodline. Galchenyuk said, I will end your bloodline. Really? Oh, man. Uh, the Coyotes have placed Alex Galchenyuk on unconditional waivers for terminating his contract. Charges of hit and run, disorderly conduct, failure to obey, resisting arrest, threatening. Uh, one of the officers accused the suspect of using a racial slur towards an African-American officer. Yeah. His father... Now, think about this. This is why I wanted to bring this up. His own father, this guy, said, yeah, I've never seen my son act like that. 
honest to God, he, uh, he, 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 his dad. What, what, what? Look, I got to tell you, if my son acted insane one time with me when we got stopped by the cops, I would say nothing, nothing. Hey, man, your son was acting crazy. You ever seen that before? Nothing. That's how crazy. Listen to this. Galetrick's father was present at the scene, told officers he had never seen his son act so aggressively before. And he put it in the police report. So father and son are just out there getting hammered, doing whatever. You do a little hit and run, cops pull you over, and next thing you know, you make a bad situation worse by doing what? Say what? I'll tell you what you did. You started yapping at the officers. Don't do it, people. Serious business. Don't do it. Here's your hands. Roll down the window. Here's your hands. If you can't, open the glove box and just stand like this. Yes. Don't get cute. Don't be funny. Don't be belligerent, don't be pissed off, or you're going to be in the news. Particularly if you've got any kind of suck, if you're any kind of name. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I saw this story, and this story sucks. All right, I don't care how rich you are. It really, and I understand, don't get me wrong, I understand wealth has privileges. And when you're playing a sport like tennis or you're playing a sport like golf, many people think that it is all about your wealth. You are there because you're rich. All right, fine. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true. I have no idea. I don't. But here's the deal. So there's a tennis player named Jesse Jessica Pegula. Her daddy owns the Bills. A story said (laughs) there was an article in a British newspaper after a three-set defeat that said six quarterfinals, six defeat. Jessica needs needs dynamic that family billions can't buy. She is surrounded by luxury. No Grand Slam trophies, which begs the question of what drives her. Is it possible to be hungry for victory if defeat is not overly meaningful in terms of wealth? Well, she says, Jessica says, I'll tell you what, I won't buy this trash article. Look, you think it hurt yesterday? Do you think that Djokovic, who is richer beyond anybody could imagine, do you think it hurt him yesterday in losing? Do you? I don't. I don't think being rich affects these folks at all. I think there's a drive that professional athletes have that is so strong, both mentally and physically, that most people can't comprehend. There's a drive we all have to certain degrees, but I don't care if this woman was wealthy or not, and certainly because of wealth, she probably had a tennis court at her home, probably had hitting machines, probably had everything that you need. But that doesn't affect the drive. I mean, did Michael Jordan play less because he got rich? Did Tiger Woods play less because he got rich? Roy McIlroy made, a, uh, made two birdies in a row to win a tournament. He richer than hell. Yeah, I don't, that does not hold water. That's just a piece to get folks talking about an article, about their newspaper, The Times, and it's just crap. It is. It's just crap. Think about it. 
All these dudes are rich. Now, the one thing I will tell you is when in baseball and basketball, usually, when a guy is in a contract year, all of a sudden their focus gets a little greater. Why? Because they want the next thing. But I don't think being rich influences. I honestly don't. I, I don't. I think it's hard to win. I think it's really hard to win. I think to win, whether it's college basketball or football or baseball, I just think it's hard. I do. Hey, Indy fans, did you see this? Did you see the mad crapper, DeAndre Hopkins? Why is he the mad crapper? Because he came to Indy during the combine and he crapped up a hotel room. Stuff on the wall is sick. DeAndre Hopkins just signed with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, he did. Which means the Tennessee Titans now have recovered from the disaster that was getting rid of A.J. Brown. And I've got to talk to my guy Chad about this. I must talk to Chad Withrow, the host of Hot Mike. I must. This is a monster show. This is a monster doing. This gives them a first-round pick in Burks and an all-pro in the Mad Crapper. Holy hell. Who are the Colts trying out there? Alec Pierce? Let's go, Alec. Michael Pittman? Yay, Ra. Yee-haw. We need something here in Indianapolis. And the Titans just went proper. They did it proper. I like saying that. If you come, come proper. And the Titans came proper. Withrow, Dockage, next. Coming up, Byron Donalds. I can't wait to talk to him. We may be talking to the next, well, maybe not the next, but a future president of the United States. Looking way forward to Chad. Looking way forward to Mr. Donalds. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, the big news this weekend in the NFL came out of the great city of Nashville. The Tennessee Titans. They went ahead and got DeAndre Hopkins all signed up. And now the A.J. Brown trade. Okay, it's in the past because you got yourself an all-pro the great Chad Withrow, nice enough to join us from Hot Mike. You see it, you hear it, you love it. Every day, Eastern, 3 to 6 right here. And, of course, 2 to 5 Central Time. You're right there in the epicenter. If you say it, people react in Nash Vegas. Your thoughts, man, DeAndre Hopkins. It's a big get for the Titans because that wide receiver room, Dan, was atrocious before they signed DeAndre Hopkins. Now, we had our buddy Armando Salguero on last week. And he brought up an interesting idea where he said he didn't love either the Patriots or Titans option for DeAndre Hopkins, and that if he were DeAndre Hopkins, he would simply wait around and let the season start and let someone lose a receiver and then sign with that team. And then suddenly you're on a a, a true contender if you want, and you're getting some of the money that you want. Titans are paying him well, you know, two years, $26 million, can go up to $32 million with incentives. And it was a a necessity. If this team was truly going to feel like they are the best in the AFC South, Dan, they had to add a a top-notch receiver. And and they did so with DeAndre Hopkins. So 
I now look at the the duo of Derrick Henry. You know, you've got this six foot four, two hundred and fifty pound sprinter slash battering ram of a running back. And then you can play action off that and now finally go to someone who can get deep down the field and beat you. And Traylon Burks is supposed to be that guy also who started to come on a little bit at the end of the year, their first round pick. So, you know, now the big quandary is and, and question people are asking, hey, if you're going to invest all this in wide receiver, why not just pay A.J. Brown uh, a year ago? And you're not having to deal with this at all. You're not drafting a wide receiver in the first round, right? You're not trading for that. You're not paying DeAndre Hopkins. And I understand it, that they probably should have paid A.J. Brown. Yeah, I mean, that's always, you know, that's always going to be there. But, hey, um, does this make the Titans a favorite in the AFC South? I think so. You know, it's uh, – look, Jacksonville is still uh, – I was checking the Vegas odds before. I think they went from, like, plus uh, or or minus 350 or minus, minus 150 to, like, minus 100. So it hasn't changed a lot yet. I think that it will change, th- those odds. When you look in, in – the perspective of what Jacksonville did a year ago. They came of age. Certainly, they did what was needed for a bunch of first-round picks. They've been bad for a while, so they've stockpiled a bunch of top picks. I thought Trevor Lawrence took the necessary steps to show improvement. I still watch that team, though, Dan, and I'm not giddy about who they are and what they did last year. Think about this. The Titans had to lose six straight games at the end of the year, six or seven straight games at the end of the year, and they still were in a position in Jacksonville with Joshua Dobbs starting at quarterback to win the division. And Dobbs outplayed Trevor Lawrence in that game. The Jags were very lucky to win a close game because of a controversial fumble call late in the game. So I still look at the Titans and think, even with all those injuries, not having their quarterback, everything else, they're still a team that if Ryan Tannehill is is healthy – and we could say this about a bunch of teams in the NFL, but if the quarterback stays healthy, I think they're the best team in the AFC South. I, I, I really do. It's close, but I think the Titans are the best team. Is there any chance of staying with the Titans, Chad? Is there any chance Levis is the quarterback? I, I Only if Tannehill gets hurt. I, I really think this is, a, this is a move, Dan, to me, that signifies the Titans are in win-now mode, but – we can sit and debate what win now means, right? Because I, I hear win now, and I think about teams that are trying to win a Super Bowl that have a chance to do it. I don't see this Titans team as a team that could win the Super Bowl. Could they win the AFC South and maybe win a playoff game? Sure. In fact, I think they're the best team in the AFC South, and they should win it now. So if you're going to do that, you've got a veteran quarterback for at least one more year in Tannehill, who is definitely a better option. They've just got such a mess. You know, you look at the decision not to sign A.J. Brown, so then they draft first-round receiver. They they sign DeAndre Hopkins. And now at quarterback, a year ago, you get Malik Willis in the third round. Did not work. They had to end up starting Josh Dobbs. And now they draft Will Levis in the second round. It's just sort of a, you know, it's like a game of darts. I feel like they're throwing darts, trying to figure out wide receiver and quarterback at this point. And those are spots where they could have used other players. Uh, in that first-round pick, in that second-round pick. Heck, even that third-round pick a year ago from Malik Willis, you look at this roster, and it's a team in need of other spots. And by the way, Peter Skoronsky, their first-round pick, was a Northwestern offensive lineman. You think he's going to get some questions about Pat Fitzgerald and hazing, considering the stories about the offensive line at uh, at Northwestern? 
So, I mean, that's nothing he can't deal with. But, man, it's it's odd when you look at the last two drafts for this team. But, Dan, here they are. I still think that they're the favorite in the AFC South uh, like they have been the last three or four years. Well, I got to ask you, where do you see the Colts fitting in the AFC South? It's all about Anthony Richardson and, and how long he, how quickly he comes along and, and what he is. I mean, we've seen guys like him that's that athletic really have great rookie years in the NFL. So I, I think the Colts are squarely third right now. You know, if, you, if you're looking at the upper echelon, it's, it's Jacksonville, it's the, it's the Titans, uh, top two in either order. I, I like Indy third in that division. I think the Texans are still coming along. And uh, they've got a lot. They've stockpiled a lot of top picks, also. But I, I've got them at fourth. But I really think the the big the whole season and what the Colts are going to be in the future totally hinges on on Anthony Richardson, that third overall pick. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of that SEC meetings coming up this week, you guys are gonna you guys are gonna be there. It feels a little calmer this year. Remember last year it was going to be Saban against Jimbo and all that kind of stuff. Is there anything, I don't know, is there anything expected out of the SEC meetings other than maybe previewing teams? Well, we need a, uh, a Dan Dockich versus George Carl like coaching feud to spice this thing yeah. up. We need, we need somebody. Yeah. We need some ooh, vitriol. We need, we need some hatred. We need some back and forth. Lane Kiffin's going to show up and say some stuff. You know, he, he always does. He's going to have some jokes on the ready, and he's going to say some stuff about other programs. Um, but yeah, I mean, we go into this thing, we got three teams today and then four the next three days. Um, I, yeah, there's, there's not a lot of buzz about it. I think Dan, the biggest storyline coming into this is, is Kirby smart and everything going on at Georgia and how he answers questions about that. You know, they're sending retract retraction demands to the Atlanta journal constitution. They've got all the speeding violations. And of course the, the death, uh, with the player and the staffer. And so it's been a rough offseason, as rough as it can be for a program that just won back-to-back national titles. So I, I do think that Kirby Smart's going to have some, some questions to answer. Other than that, you know, the Tennessee NCAA stuff's out of the way. So Josh Heupel can talk about how, you know, that's over now and they can move forward because what the previous staff was up to. So, yeah, I think it's a pretty, uh, pretty mellow SEC media days, but that can change in a hurry, Dan. We need, we need a little bit of a feud to happen. Someone's going to fire some shots, and we'll get it going. I think somebody's going to fire a shot at Kirby Smart in Georgia. I, I, it used to be in college basketball. Uh, guys would always say, hey, wait a second, man. If Indiana University fired Bob Knight, they can fire you too. Uh, I think in football, if Northwestern's going to fire the biggest face in the history of the school in terms of sports, Pat Fitzgerald, they can fire you too. I'm not suggesting Kirby Smart would be on any type of hot seat for behavior speeding violations, but I am suggesting that he doesn't need any more. He, he doesn't need a breaking and entry, or he doesn't need an assault. He doesn't need any of that stuff. He needs, he needs his players to basically be players, shut the hell up, do your thing, and don't show up in a police blot. And because sometimes the president of a university – uh, the athletic director get tired of it, and they got to answer to boosters at parties and events. No, absolutely. And it's one of those, you know this, Dan, no one cares nationally or within the fan base until you lose. So if they lose a couple games this year, suddenly what's the, what's the talking point? 
man, you know what? That Kirby Smart really needs to get a handle on this program and these players. I mean, we got guys with all these traffic violations. They're they're road racing all throughout Athens. We got deaths. We got sexual assaults. We got all these things going on, and now it's affecting the team. But, you know, maybe I'm being cynical here. As long as they keep winning, I mean, they're back-to-back national champions. As long as they keep winning, I I think Georgia fans aren't going to say a word about it and aren't going to want to talk about it. Until they lose a couple times, we're not going to hear much about it. But that's not going to stop the the national media from from asking questions and and saying things. So I'm curious how Kirby Smart handles it. If he gives the, hey, uh, here's my opening statement, it's all I'm going to say about it, and I can't really talk much about it, or if he's really going to go in depth on everything he's trying to do to correct some of those things. Because it is a bit of a mess. I mean, there's no you can't you can't deny the police blotter, like you mentioned. You can't deny the the arrest record on that campus right now with those players. So he's going to have to say something about it. I, I if I'm him, I have hired somebody on this. I, I'm not leaving this to my sports information director or anything like that. I'm hiring somebody outside, and I think I'm doing exactly what you said. I think I'm just getting this out of the way. Here's my statement. figure it all out, be empathetic, be strong, be tough, be all those things, and then you got to move along. You cannot because in this day and age, you say even remotely the wrong thing or show the wrong facial expression or the wrong amount of empathy or compassion, and next thing you know, you got a serious problem that's going to escalate because of the championships that you've won. Yeah, and look, they're being sued. The university is, the athletic department. Uh, by a young right. woman who was in the car where the crash happened. So you're right, Dan. Legally, he's going to have to be very careful and button up about what he says. He issued a statement with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution uh, retraction demand, and I think that's going to be similar to what we hear from him at, at this. It's going to be, you know, uh, uh, I take this stuff seriously. We're working to correct things. But now you can kind of, you know, take your eye over here and he can put everyone's eye on another ball, that is, the AJC has wrongfully accused us of covering up sexual assault. And then get away from the traffic stuff. So you're going to see some of that misdirection also. Yeah, the one thing that uh, it's been explained to me is newspapers got a bunch of lawyers because they get sued a lot, or at least they get threatened of being sued. It, it's fascinating because it, 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 you're right. Like, would, would Fitzgerald have been fired if he was 11-1? and one? It's a great question. Here's the thing about Fitzgerald, though, Dan. I, why did they fire him? I mean, I, I feel like it was over. Like, you could have just on Friday said, hey, we did this investigation. Here's what happened. You let, let the student newspaper release some details. And then you just, if anybody asks anything, you just come back and say, yeah, we we researched all that. We had a six-month-long investigation, and we found everything that's in that newspaper, and we handled it. And let what two, three, four weeks of bad press subside, and then you get to keep your guy. I just I don't understand why they came back and decided to fire him. I just I think more people should just weather the storm instead of making knee jerk decisions to appease someone. Like it's not. We know how the news cycle works. Northwestern was not going to be in the news for that long. We would have quickly forgotten when the season got here. There would have been mentions during broadcasts of Northwestern games and all that about the offseason for them, but you get to keep Pat Fitzgerald, you know, your your prodigal son of Northwestern. So I just I don't I don't get it, honestly, as to why they decided to 
reverse course and come back and fire him? I don't either. And, you know, you got a new AD, you got a new president. President's just been there for a year. Chicago is their media market. The score picked it up. The shows there had all the details. And when the details came out, who knows what was in the background. But to your point, look, I guarantee you something pops up this week. Something's always popping up. Something, you know, it, 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 something's going to pop up that's going to divert attention from Northwestern and put attention on somebody else. It's just the way the world works. Simple. Especially now that media days are starting. You know, SEC, Big Ten, there's going to be someone that says something stupid or some other story that breaks just because we're in media days that it's going to take the attention off of Northwestern. So, again, I don't understand it because I felt like they were out of the woods. They could have stuck by that two-week suspension, said that we researched it, we took it seriously, and moved on. And instead, now they're, I mean, what this is like a football purgatory this year. They've got an interim coach. They got a bunch of staff members who know they're going to get fired and they're going to be looking for jobs all year. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess you salvage a season in that you play games because you have a coaching staff. But what is this season going to be for Northwestern? Then you got to go find a new coach. I just, the whole thing's a mess. And, and, I know you know this, but Northwestern historically has been god-awful. It's really, really difficult to win at Northwestern. Fitzgerald, really, uh, and Gary Barnett are the only two guys to ever do it. So now you're not only swimming upstream to start with, you're swimming upstream with a scandal and a new coach and all the things that you just said. I, I To me personally, and I could be wrong. Maybe they go hire the greatest coach and he turns this thing around, but it's a five-year minimum deal to me. This is a five-year sentence they imposed on themselves. Minimum. I feel like they're going to hire a, a younger assistant, you know, kind of a first-time head coach type thing eventually. But, Dan, I, yeah. if I'm Northwestern, I look at two guys that have done it at an academically high-minded university. David Shaw, who's without a job right now, you know, from Stanford, I think would be a home run hire for Northwestern. And the other is another Dave, Dave Clawson at Wake Forest, who's done great things there. Maybe he feels like he's topped out and he can go to a better conference now in the Big Ten. But I'm I'm calling both those guys and seeing if they will take this job. But what they're going to end up on, I think, is going to be an unproven young assistant coach. Because you're right. I mean, it is historically one of the, what, four or five most difficult jobs in FBS. When you look at power five jobs, Northwestern is one of the worst historically and one of the toughest. And they had a guy who could win there, who understood it, who knew it, and now they fired him. So you got to go find someone else who can understand it and win to some level at Northwestern. Appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for the time. Uh, Look forward to this afternoon's show. Dan, I appreciate it. Always look forward to talking to you. Have a great rest of the show, man. You too. That's the great Chad Withrow. Follow him at Chad Withrow. Look, here's the deal. Uh, We are dominating. That's what we do here at OutKick. Uh, Look, I get it. I must just be weird. You know, I understand the new buzzwords are ensure the safety, health, blah, 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 of our student athletes. I never felt like the university. I felt like a school was where I went. Now, as a coach, I felt I was responsible for the players. 
which is why I was very, very hard on them because I understand players. I was a player. I was a player that was a bit of a jag off. So I understand it. But this whole deal where we must nurture our students, shut up. <clears throat> Again, I didn't want a university to nurture my daughter or my son when they were there, but that's the new thing. So that's the reason Fitzgerald was fired. And I don't understand it either. Now, I really don't. I, I think it's insanity. But you know what? That is what happens in the modern era of, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look at what happened. Oh, my God. The safety of our student athletes. Nobody was hurt. Uh, Sean Payton called John Gruden a dumb effort for paying a $100,000 fine for not wearing his mask properly during the 2020 NFL season. Sean Payton said, I got fine. I wasn't paying that. Apparently, Gruden paid it. And Gruden now is being called to the carpet by Sean Payton. I think that's pretty funny. That is a current coach thumbing the nose at the NFL's COVID protocol, which the NFL went so by the book, went so strong. You had to have it up here. You couldn't have it down here. And I mean, if you had it down there on an open field, look at this picture. Do you see anybody even around Gruden? Now, I understand pictures can be deceiving. Maybe there's someone right here on his right shoulder. I don't know, but he's outside. He's got a mask below so he can talk. It was the, now it wasn't the singular most ridiculous thing, but it was ridiculous. And good for Sean Payton for saying, hey, NFL, I got you fine right here. I got you right here, man. I ain't paying it. Gruden paid it. Good for Payton. See, that's Morocco, Indiana common sense. Morocco, Indiana is a little bit north of here. That's where the Gruden family is from. I'm sorry, it's not. It's where the Peyton family is from. Gruden is from Bloomington. His dad was coaching at Indiana, and John was a ball boy for the basketball team and Coach Knight back in the day. So one had Southern Indiana lack of common sense, and the other one had Northern Indiana common sense. I'm from Indiana. Guess which part I'm from? That's right, the northern part, where we're smart, where we don't just say, well, you know, uh, southern Indiana, they all talk like this, and they say, well, you know, I got fined, so damn it, I'm going to have to pay northern Indiana. We go these, them, and those. We're like, what, what, what are you going to find me for what, wearing a mask? Are you crazy? I don't wear a mask. I ain't wearing it. I ain't paying Come and get me. I tell you what, you go to probate court, see my Uncle Roy Dockage. You go see, you, you go try to sue me. We'll move the thing to Gary, Indiana. That case will be thrown out before lunchtime. And then we'll go have a Coney dog at Coney King. Get out of here. What are you, crazy? What are you, nuts? Insane? Come on. I never knew I had a Gary accent until I went to IU. And they're like, well, you know, Dan, you got yourself a Northwest or a region accent. I said, what's the region? Northwest Indiana. I love when I do accents. Uh, apparently, Ron Perlman, he of the dog face, he of Sons of Anarchy is a lot of, a lot of mad at Hollywood executives. He's a lot of mad at Hollywood executives in the ongoing strike that the writers are faking off against the Hollywood executives. We know where he lives. Look at old dog face here. Now look, Ron Perlman, you're a freaking actor. 
You make fun. You, you play make-believe. Don't go thinking that you're actually a dude from Sons of Anarchy. Uh, let's see uh, the great Ron Perlman and his a continued unhingedness from old Dogface. One thing before I get off this. Who said we're going to keep this thing going until people start losing their houses and their apartments? Listen to me, There's a lot of ways to lose your house. Some of it is financial, some of it is karma, and some of it is just figuring out who said that, and we know who said that, and where lives. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. You wish that on people. You wish that families starve while you're making 27 billion dollars a year for creating nothing. Be careful. Be really careful. Because that's the kind that stirs. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. Word to your mother. Oh, dog face is pissed. He's pissed and he's not having it anymore. We know where you live. Look, the little actors. Hey, let's have a table read. (laughs) Sometimes little actor boy forgets that he's just little actor boy. A lot of people love Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman was good in Sons of Anarchy. I'm not going to lie to you. He was pretty good. And good for him for believing that he's actually a son of Anarchy instead of just some little actor. And good for him for standing up for, you know what, the union and all that. But hey, you don't go threatening people, dog face, because somebody might call you on your threat. I've said this before. My brother and I were playing golf with a friend. A guy got mad at my brother, said, S my D. And my brother said, whip it out. Let's go. You always call people on threats. You always call people on stuff. And that's, hey, Ron Perlman, baby, let's do this. Start burning people's houses down. Start taking their houses. Start doing it. Let's see how long you last doing that. Man, oh man, every single swing and you know what has a big time set on them when they get on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter. Jeez, you guys are making me crazy. I got a headache. Hey, a Canadian man was fired from his job after saving a baby moose. He was saving a baby moose. Look at that guy. He saved a baby moose from a bear. Anything, any way to wrap up they did what they did, decided to give in all the options that letting me go was the best thing. So the lesson I learned with AFD is okay spilling fuel on the ground, but not helping wildlife. AFD, this is my favorite right here, needs to eat a whole bag. You know what he's talking about? A whole bag of peni. That's what he's talking about. AFD Petroleum Company. Why are you firing a guy for helping a baby moose? What are you doing? I mean, look, I went right out here one time and I helped a doe, a deer. I got a big padded blanket and I picked it up because I am an American hero, ladies and gentlemen, and you know this. And we called the Humane Society and this, this little doe was trying to kick, but I had a blanket. I'm a big, strong guy, you know. Not really. But anyway, I understand saving wildlife because that's what we're supposed to do. 
We're also supposed to get wildlife like chipmunks out from under your damn porch, which is what I'm going to do this afternoon. I'm putting a big-ass trap in there, and if you're mad at me, I do not care. But anyway, little mooses, little moose eye, they need to be protected. And petroleum companies do not need, they do not need even a little bit, not even a skosh, to fire people for doing it. Now let's get this guy back his job. Hey, last thing before we go, and I'm really excited to talk to Byron Donalds, the representative out of the southern part of Florida. But I want to tell you, Roy McElroy, good for Roy McElroy. See, when stars shine, sports are better. It's that simple. So Roy McElroy goes birdie, birdie, and he wins the Scottish Open. And good for Roy McElroy. Now he goes back to Royal Birkdale this week for the British to, well, that's where he won his last major, in Royal Birkdale. Yeah. Good for Roy McElroy. I want a leaderboard of, like, Rom and Schefter and McElroy. I want Tommy Fleetwood up there. I do. I want Kepka in there. I want Mickelson in there. I want Tiger in there. Give me them all. Give me everybody. Give me the stars. Roy McElroy playing well is good for golf, particularly when that golf is, uh, well, as they say, across the pond. I'll be watching because you know what I love? I love this. I love morning sports. I don't like it. I love it. Absolutely love it. All right, I'm excited. I don't get excited often. Those of you that know this show know that Byron Donalds is a good dude, man. Byron Donalds is a great follow. Byron Donalds is a man that I think has a chance to be the next president of the United States, not because he's a conservative, not because he's a Republican, because when I pay attention to him, he's got common sense, leadership ability, unafraid, perfect to come on this show. All right, tell your friends, we're going to talk to Byron Donalds when we come back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Uh, waiting on the great Byron Donalds. We look forward to speaking to him as soon as he logs on. The show must go on, though. Uh, Dusty Baker is saying, Sohei Otani, listen to this, has one of the cleanest livers around. Yeah, that's right. Clean liver means he works hard. Clean liver means, I'm guessing, he doesn't drink. He doesn't have a Charlie Sheen liver from, uh, well, two and a half men. Although Charlie Sheen did go to the doctor when his buddy died, his brother actually in real life, Emilio Estevez. No, it wasn't Emilio Estevez. It was the other guy. I forget his name. But any Martin Sheen's son, I don't know. 
But anyway, anyway, apparently Otani does not drink. Apparently Otani is one of those guys that says, hey, I'm all about the business of sports. I'm all about what's going on here, and I'm all about winning, even though they don't win that much. But he hit his 34th home run last night, and that's high praise from Dusty Baker. Let's be honest. Dusty Baker saying you got a clean liver is nice. That's old school. Hey, man, how's your liver? All right? You got a bad liver, you're sluggish. You got a bad liver, you're slow. You got a bad liver, you're yellow. It's jaundice. Nobody needs a bad freaking liver. You know what I mean? Austin Eckler ain't happy, the wide receiver for the Chargers. Because why isn't he happy? Well, let me explain to you why Austin Eckler isn't happy. Austin Eckler is not happy because he is seeing backup wide receivers make more money than running backs. He is saying... Seeing backup wide receivers make more money than me blanks me off. Say what? Blanks me off. Well, I don't know what to tell you. It's all supply and demand. Anybody apparently, at least in the world of the Kansas City Chiefs, can play running back on a good team, but not everybody's a good wide receiver, and wide receivers are a commodity, although Austin Eckler's pretty good. In fact, Austin Eckler is really good, and I don't blame Austin Eckler for saying that even a little bit. I don't even blame him if he would hold out. Hell, everybody should just hold out. I think everybody could. I mean, they're talking about Saquon Barkley. If he doesn't get a big deal, he may hold out. Are you crazy? You ain't holding out. Ain't no wide uh, running backs holding out. It ain't going to happen. It's just not. There's a lot of talk about that, but why would you hold out? I mean, you're going to make $12 million. You got this short shelf life to make the $12 million. At least that's what they tell me. And, and ladies and gentlemen, you love to play football. If you love to play football, then guess what? Go play football for $12 million. The interesting thing is where's Dalvin Cook going to end up next? I don't know. Here's the deal. The favorite for Dalvin Cook, according to sportsbooks, is the New England Patriots, the Dolphins second, Jets third, and then it drops off appreciably. Right now, New England's plus 180. The Dolphins, ladies and gentlemen, are plus 200. The Jets plus 400, and then it drops all the way back to plus 1,200 with the Denver Broncos. I don't know. All I know is this. Running back, schmunning back. Go out, be a star, get some accolades, get in the Hall of Fame, and you can do commercials until you're 172 years old without even thinking about it. That's right. That's what you should do. All right. Carlos Alcarez. Carlos Alcarez reminds me of me. Just a freaking stud. Just a stud. He defeated Novak Djokovic after losing the first five games. Djokovic won the first set six to one. He won the first five games. And I was watching it and I go, wait a second. All of a sudden, Alcarez had a decision to make. And this is why I think he's going to be a terrific champion. He had a decision to make. You're now 6'1, you're 20 years old, you're sitting there in center court. Wow. Wow. You could go south. This whole thing could go south in a hurry. This whole thing could go somewhere where you do not want it to go. You do not want it to go at all, period. But it didn't because he showed athletic ability. Hey, let me tell you something. This guy, Alcaraz, he's fun to watch. This dude is really fun to watch. This dude jumps up. He's smashing things. He's getting it done. It's good. It's really, really good, and it's fun. 
It's fun to watch, and I am all in on it because, well, I like stars. I've said this before, and I'll say this again. And if you watch the match, you kind of like it. If you watch the match, you're kind of into this guy uh, because, man, oh, man, when he gets excited, it, it is something. It really is. It is something. Something, something. But anyway, El Carez wins. All right, I'm tired. You guys hear me all the time talk about this. You ready? Hunter Dickinson, my ass. I've had enough. I told you this before. I had enough of uh, Kaminsky. I had enough of that little kid in, in Iowa. I had enough of Nigel Hayes. I've had enough, absolutely had enough of freaking Hunter Dickinson. The big dorky guy is always whining. He's always whining of something. He's always, he was whining when he was a freshman that he didn't get, even though he was down the street from Maryland, they didn't show him enough respect. They didn't show him enough respect by not recruiting him and his buddy. Hunter Dickinson didn't do stuff, stuff. I've had enough of Hunter Dickinson. I, I just have. I'm sorry. Now Hunter Dickinson is saying, well, I feel like Michigan is fake Midwest. Just shut up and leave. See, you got to listen to these guys. You got to listen to the Bohannons of the world, the Nigel Hayes of the world, the Kaminsky's of the world. You got to listen to the Cooper Cup or Miller Cups of the world. And then they go away. And then, you know what? Just shut up. Just shut the hell up and play. Honest to God. I've had enough. So, oh, Michigan's fake. These people coddled you. They kissed your backside. Yeah, they got mad when you left. So what? You had everything you wanted. You did. You had everything you wanted. And now you're just whining. It's fake. Really? It's fake. It's fake Midwest. Really? It's fake Midwest. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if he's playing the villain. I just think he's an idiot. I just think he's another in a long line of Big Ten players that get coddled, act like idiots, or trying to make themselves important. And then you know what happens? Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you heard from Frank Kaminsky? Last time you heard from Frank Kaminsky was when he punked out of a fight with, uh, I think it was with Jimmy Butler or somebody, in the playoffs. And then he had to go on Dan Patrick in a bunch of shows and explain himself. I don't get it. I absolutely, I don't get it. I mean, and then we don't have to listen to him anymore. Jordan Bohannon, I fought for players. Eh, shut up. You didn't do nothing. People have to listen. Committees on the NCAA have to listen to players for a minute just because it just appeases, and then you move on. So now it's Hunter Dickinson. I feel like Michigan is fake Midwest. Okay. You're giving me a headache. Hey, Robert Downey Jr. says Oppenheimer is the best movie he's ever been in. Now, Robert Downey Jr. has been in a ton of movies. Robert Downey Jr. is a star. Robert Downey Jr. is one of those guys that you go, hey, if Robert Downey Jr. is in it, well, then you got to make a decision. So he says it is really, 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 really good. All right. Well, I don't know. What is the Oppenheimer movie based on? True story. 
of U.S. scientists and theoretical psycho- oh wait, 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 scientists and physicist J. Robert Oppenheimer and the making of the atomic bomb. All right, there you go. The making of the atomic bomb by a guy who, for whatever the reason, was smart enough to make an atomic bomb, didn't care enough to make an atomic bomb, is supposedly really, really good, and I'm going to go see it. But I'm not going to see it in a theater. I don't like any of you guys. I don't like you people next to me. I used to go to a theater that you would eat at. You could have a beer at. I don't like having beers during movies. You know what happens during movies? I like one thing during movies. I like popcorn. Two things. Three things. Popcorn, Diet Coke, Junior Mints, or Butterfinger Bites in my popcorn. That's what I like. I don't need beers. I don't need nachos. I don't need any of it. I just need popcorn. It's pristine, really. It's like when you were a kid. So I want to go see the Oppenheimer movie. I got to find it. I'm paying a zillion dollars for a bunch of stuff. And Xfinity's trying to screw me, and I don't like I like my TV setup because it's convenient. But I'm going to go watch it, hopefully at home, not at a movie theater. Do you guys go to the movies? Has anybody been to the movies lately? I have not. Flix, the one I went to, I think is closed down. If it's reopened, I might go. But I'm not big on going to the movies because I don't like you. I don't want you sitting next to me. I don't know where Byron Donalds is. I don't know. I hyped him up. He responded. Hey, I don't know. Uh, Boston mayor under fire, ladies and gentlemen. Did you see the top of my head, by the way? I knocked myself out. See that thing there? I knocked myself out. True story. I was walking under here to turn water on. We have a little deck, and I must not have been paying attention. I smacked my head, and next thing you know, I'm on the ground. True story. Yesterday. Anyway, I figured you guys could see that and make fun of me, so I wanted to point it out. Uh, The mayor in Boston is under a little bit of fire. She sent a list of critics, her critics, and protesters, her protesters, to the police. Really? Oh, really? We're not allowed to protest you, lady? We're not allowed to say you suck? Well, you really suck now. You're horrible. You're the worst. What are you doing? What's your problem? Why are you doing that? Explain it to me. It's called Nixonian tactics. Her administration admitted creating a list. This woman is named Michelle Wu. Creating a list of her most vocal critics and providing it to authority. I'm telling you, you guys keep voting Democrat. You're going to screw this whole thing up. Now, it's not going to become Nixonian. It's going to become everydayian. That's what it's going to become. It's going to become every day we are censored. We've already seen with big tech. Hi, uh, if you don't like me, I'm going to the police. Get her out of office now. Get rid of her. Get her out. Impeach her. What can you do with a mayor? So, all right, so she decides, you don't like me? I'm going to the cops. Really? Okay. The list was made in response to a request from the Boston Police Department after the mayor had been harassed and physically intimidated by individuals for several months outside her home at city functions, uh, such as annual neighborhood parks, coffee. And, and I wonder what that means, because she looks kind of like the kind of person that would whine about somebody saying, I don't like your dress. And that would be an assault. 
Kind of like the Joanna Mellis of her time. Look, uh, yeah, all right. Okay. I guess. But, all right. Can I do that? Can I turn the list in of 12,000 people at Breslin Center that yelled hate at me? Can I turn in the cop that said he wanted to shoot me in the head? Or if anybody was in Carver-Hawkeye Arena, shoot me in the head? I bring that stuff up only to say, if you're going to be in the public eye, I don't know. I don't know. Look at that cut. That's a nasty cut. Knocked me down. But I got right back up. I did. I got right back up. Can you imagine having to sit there and listen to Courtney Cronin talk? <laughs> Jesus. Hey, the U.S. vows to hold hackers responsible after likely China-based group breached government emails. Is this another right-wing conspiracy? Is this another right-wing conspiracy? I don't think so. This, if it is, then you know it's going to become true. You know it's going to happen. Yeah, so a Chinese-based group beached, uh, breached government emails. Let me tell you something. There are two things that should happen. One, we should be able to figure out who in the hell was bringing coke into the White House. And two, our government emails should be safe from everybody. I'm just saying. Byron Donalds joins us. The great Byron Donalds. That's how I refer to him. Why do I refer to him as the great Byron Donalds? Because he's unafraid. Because Byron Donalds stands up. Because Byron Donalds has faced it, walked through it, and continues with conviction. Sir, thank you for joining the show. It's much appreciated. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. All right, I got to get right into this. The 2024 election, I, look, I'm a news freak. I was a basketball coach play a long time, but I've been a news freak since I can remember. I feel like for the first time, maybe the second time in my lifetime, uh, this is a crucial presidential election because our nation can go in a very bad direction. How important is this election? Uh, look, I agree with you, Coach. I'm going to call you Coach because I love basketball. I played it all through uh, middle school and high school, so I'm going to call you Coach. Uh, it's it's a crucial election and for a number of reasons. One, look, you have a situation where um, our border is a mess. Right now, under Joe Biden, you have roughly six to eight million uh, migrants in the country on this weird, um, in my view, illegal asylum process. And because of presidential powers dealing with asylum, he largely could do what he wants. Um, you have our foreign policy issues, which are massive right now, because he's weak internationally, and our adversaries know this. You have a serious issue in our economy because he doesn't understand that you can't spend money you don't have, and then you can't send people home and just keep giving them money. So he created a massive inflation hurting every American. It's terrible because his energy policy only empowers the Chinese and makes energy more expensive here at home. It's devastating because he doesn't, he has agencies that are clearly weaponized against the American people. So this isn't a thing of, oh, we want to cut agency spending. It's no, we want to cut the woke stuff out of these agencies. We just want them to do their job and don't do more. It's terrible because he has no problem with the free speech of the American people uh, being ignored or, or suppressed. All these things are crucial. And in a country like ours, 
if you can't speak, if the prices continue to rise out of control, uh, you're not going to have a country for very long. So that's why this election matters more than the others. I totally agree. Look, is there anything, if you look at it objectively, which maybe you and I can't, I don't know, but is there anything this administration has done right? Is there anything they've done to help this nation? You know, I really want to think about that before I give an answer. The short answer is no, uh, but I really want to make sure I, I'm like, as I'm, as I'm answering, I'm really making, I'm trying to give the pay some deference to them. I'm trying to give them an opportunity. You know, I'm going to say it like this coach, it's like watching game film and you're trying to find what the team does well and you want to shut that off. But I'm no, nah, everything, everything's bad. It's all bad. Yeah, I mean, Obama said it, never underestimate the ability of Joe Biden to F things up. I mean, it's it's just what it is. <laughs> he, he did say that, and he was correct. And I think here's the bigger thing with Joe Biden. I don't think he's all there. I think it ebbs and flows from day to day. And listen, that might sound terrible. People might be like, well, man, why are you get, take it, like, like, you know, making fun of this guy? I'm not. I just want the commander-in-chief, the president of the United States, to be competent, to be with us every single day, to be able to address the media. Have you ever seen a president who you just never hear from? Like nobody ever hears from him. He never takes questions. Uh, he barely gives speeches. If he can, you know, if he, how long do he can he speak? When he comes to Capitol Hill and do the State of the Union, you know, he starts off strong and then he slowly ebbs and starts getting tired. And then before you know it, he's just rambling. I've never seen anything like this. And look, I was critical of President Obama. You know, I was too young to even really pay attention to Bill Clinton. Um, but this, this is a mess. This is unbelievable. So let me ask you, people ask me this all the time. You see him falling down. You see him slurring, making up words. You see all this kind mm -hmm. of stuff. In your view, how, this is a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it. How important is it worldwide that the president of the United States project a strong presence, even one that incites a little bit of fear in other nations? Oh, it's, it's everything. Because, look, people say, oh, man, you know, the, the, the people on the left will be like, you have to have all this experience in foreign policy. And I think you do have to understand certain things and understand who the players are on the, on the international stage. But at the end of the day, in my view, foreign policy is street politics. If the guy who's your adversary thinks you're weak, he's coming after you. He's going to take your lunch. And if, he, and if he thinks that you're strong, he's got to think twice about it. And also, let me add this. Let's not lose sight of the fact that Joe Biden and his son and his brother have been taking money for years from foreign countries. So how does this work? You're the leader of a country, but you've been taking money from other countries through the back door. And you mean to tell me that you're not compromised? You mean to tell me that the Chinese don't know you were taking money from us? That's not a leverage point. These are serious issues with Joe Biden. That's why he must be defeated in 2024. I'm a simple person. Is the money we're paying to Ukraine paying off, paying off a debt, a bribe debt? Is that what it is? You know, actually, I really don't think so in, in this case. I think what it really is is Joe Biden had to do something because he looked ridiculous at the beginning of the Ukraine invasion. Let's go back in time. After the debacle of the Afghanistan withdrawal, Zelensky, hop on a G5, why don't you come over here to America? And Vladimir Zelensky goes, no, I'm not doing that. 
So then Vladimir Zelensky nope. is like, oh, no, I'm staying. Just give me weapons. Give me bullets. That's what I need. And Joe Biden got shamed into this conflict. That's really what's happened. And now it's become this political thing where, of course, we oppose Vladimir Putin. We don't want countries just being invaded like this. But because of his weakness, this is where we are. And now the money has to be spent to cover up for his weakness. That's really what's going on. Let me ask you a simple question. The most powerful house or the most protected house, how do we not find who brought Coke into the White House? How do we not find Listen, man, I, I, don't, I don't know, Coach. I, mean, I just don't know. Oh, Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. I have no idea. I mean, listen, it's the most secure facility in the world. And, and for people to understand, the West Wing's not that big. Like, it's... It's not, it's, it's not like you're going, you know, into uh, Madison Square Garden. I mean, it's just not a very big place. Um, there's a handful of people that have moved through there consistently. Um, this area in which when President Trump was president, I've walked through there, I think maybe twice through this area. Um, it's, it's, it shouldn't be this hard. I'm very concerned. I, you know, look, I talked to a couple of, uh, of agents the other day, and they were like, man, our rank and file is doing everything we can, but our leadership is a mess. I- I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I feel that across the country. I feel that here in Indianapolis, I have friends that are police officers, and they say the same thing. So let me ask you: you, you endorsed uh, Donald Trump, uh, mm-hmm. which is a big deal for him. Obviously, you're in Florida. DeSantis is in Florida, and and you endorse the guy that you know. Those two are going at each other. Two questions: one. You're going to be his running mate, too. Why the endorsement of Trump? Uh, to the running mate question, I have no idea. That That is for President Trump and President Trump alone. Uh, look, and I told this team, I'm like, you know what? I just want to win. I'm not really pushing or advocating. Um, I just want to work hard and win, help him get back to the White House. He needs to become the 47th president because we have a lot of work to do. But the reason why I endorsed him is, and we've talked about some of these issues. First, let's take foreign policy. You talk about having strength. He walks in there day one, looks at Vladimir Putin, looks at Vladimir Zelensky, looks at Xi Jinping, looks at the mullahs in Iran and says, all right, you guys had your fun. This is over. And you know what? They'll be like, oh, yeah, this is the serious guy. This is the guy that Hillary Clinton said Hillary Clinton said was going to put us in World War Three. But what really happened was the whole planet was safer and more peaceful with Donald Trump as commander in chief. That's one. Two. He's done the job. Listen, in my life, I'm a business guy first, finance guy. I just want the CEO to know what he's doing and to be competent and can execute. He's done that. And so you had a situation where the 45th president, Donald Trump, was very, very successful. COVID happened, the Wuhan lab, you know, the the China virus, all that stuff. It set our country back. Americans, they decided right, wrong or indifferent. And I think it was a very wrong choice to go with Joe Biden. He's been an absolute disaster. So I look at America, which one do you want? You want 45 or 46? To me, it's not even a question who is better at the job. And then the third thing, and this is no disrespect to Governor DeSantis. You know, I think that he's been a a tremendous governor for our state, but we're at a time right now where the guy who becomes our nominee and then our next president uh, or lady, because you know, I I see you out there, Nikki, I see you out there, I'm not discrediting you. You gotta hit the job on day one. No messing around. They, they usually say you have like a, a hundred days. The first hundred days is the honeymoon. 
not with Republican presidents. We need somebody who's going to go in there day one and start moving stuff around. And we have to clean out these federal agencies. It must happen. And you already know uh, that Donald Trump secured our border. It was the most secure it's been in two decades. That's why I endorsed him. I got to ask you, because I'm from Gary, Indiana. And in Gary, Indiana, Hammond, East Chicago, uh, there is voter fraud, period. A good friend yeah. of mine taught me how to shoot a jump shot is currently in hiding, uh, not in hiding, he, he left after he was not only convicted, indicted, convicted, and was facing sentencing. He said to hell that he went to Greece. He's a Greek citizen. He was a councilman, uh, and they all went to jail except for him because he got away and he went to Greece. But anyway, Republicans, do they not? They have to play the game, the voting early, by mail, the ballot harvesting, which is actually legal, harvesting, which is legal in certain steps. Don't the Republicans have to get in the game with this? Yeah, I agree. I mean, listen, I'll tell you right now, and again, this is like a sports thing. If the refs aren't calling, you know, hand-checking, then you hand-check. Because if the other team's hand-checking and you're not hand-checking, guess what? You're going to lose. It's just that simple. It's really that simple. If the refs aren't calling, you know, over the backs, hey, man, you better start going over the back and be way more aggressive. And we've all seen these games where basketball, which is an elegant game, turns into a football game. It's just it's just body blocking and pushing and shoving. And if you don't engage in that physicality, you're going to lose. So my attitude is, look, in the great state of Florida, in Georgia with their election laws, we have early voting, we have absentee voting, mail-in voting, and we have election days. Very, very secure. In Florida, ballot harvesting is illegal. You're not allowed to do it. Um, look at what's happened in Florida elections with strong election laws. The voters vote and the will of the voters is, is achieved. Nobody's complaining about, oh, this looks funny, this looks fishy. It all comes out. But if you're in California, where ballot harvesting has been uh, the modus operandi for two decades, you better get in that game and do it. In Nevada, they ballot harvest in Clark County in Las Vegas, the Las Vegas area, Clark County. You better do it in Nevada. You better do whatever they allow you to do in Arizona, in Michigan, in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania. We have to play the game that they're playing. It's just simple as that. If they're throwing elbows, we throw elbows. Not to be nasty, this is about winning. What's so hard about having legitimate oversight while we count ballots? Nothing, nothing at all. In my view, it should just be, you know, it should be one of those things where you just have full camera view. In 2023, you mean to tell me that we can't have all camera angles in these count rooms and everybody's just sitting there watching the whole thing, you know, on, on Rumble or YouTube or, or whatever, open up some, some, you know, election channel X that's running 24 seven. You mean to tell me that thing can be watching all quarters at, the, at all time. And again, here, I want to be clear. When people are casting their ballot, that's a very private thing. I think people should be able to cast their ballot in privacy. We should not be abusing people or going after people about how they're voting when they're voting. I think that is wrong. There should be a, a, a sphere around people when they're doing it. That's why in states like Florida and Georgia, you cannot solicit a voter within 150 feet of the polling location. Can't, you got to leave them alone. Let them make their decision. But when the employees are counting, oh, no. We got to have cameras everywhere. Everybody should see what's going on. It should be live TV. I mean, the ratings may not be that high, but it will be very interesting. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it'd be a tough watch, but who cares? Just do the thing. 
Uh, right. Hey, last thing before I let you go, I want your opinion. I saw Matt Gates uh, going after Director Way and asked him a simple question. Are you protecting the Biden crime family? I feel like John Gotti, the Teflon Don, is dead, but we got a new Teflon family, the Bidens. Is the FBI protecting the Biden crime family? Yeah, I think the political brass is. I also think the political brass of the Department of Justice is definitely doing that. And we talk a lot about Merrick Garland. And look, I, I think Merrick Garland's got dirty hands on this thing. But also the deputy director at the Department of Justice, you know, she, I forget her name because it's not totally important, but she's the Spengali over there. She's the one that's making a lot of decisions about what's happening. Um, actually, in oversight, we're going to have uh, Mr. Shapley, the IRS uh, supervisor who turned whistleblower. He's coming in to testify on Wednesday. Another uh, IRS agent who was on a Hunter Biden case is going to testify and make himself public for the first time. Uh, he's going public um, in our committee on Wednesday. And so I think it is in part uh, Chris Ray in the upper echelons of the FBI, but don't ignore the Department of Justice. And one that doesn't get too much coverage is the political brass at the IRS. We have serious issues in these agencies. It's at the top with these political holdovers who stay year over year. It's with the appointees, especially in this administration, they're a mess. And so what we got to do is we have to have serious reform of the federal agencies. Our country cannot uh, wait for this to happen. I think everybody would be in agreement. The guy to do that and do it very quickly would be Trump, as you mentioned earlier. I think there's no question mm -hmm. about that. I think nobody else would have the nuts to do it and nobody else would do it as quickly. No, you're absolutely correct. And, and let's also be very clear because, you know, the media on the left, they're, they're crazy in their, in their stuff. They always like to project what they're doing on their opponents. This is one of the, 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 the things that the left likes to do a lot, and they're somewhat good at it. Um, it's one of the few things they're good at is projecting what they're doing. Um, but understand, when Donald Trump took over, uh, did they open up some scaling uh, investigation into Hillary Clinton or to Joe Biden or to Barack Obama, who, by the way, was briefed on Crossfire Hurricane and did know that Hillary Clinton was laundering phony information into the intelligence community? He didn't do that, in part because... Guess what? He was doing his job as commander in chief, following the Constitution, following the law. And then he was subjected to to misabuses of the investigation process of the FISA courts. And he was subjected to that all while trying to do his job as commander in chief. Listen, I'm surprised he did the job that he did. It was so good considering all the pressure that he was under. So you got to have somebody who just has no fear, who's not afraid will go in there and say, nope, you're gone. Nope, you're gone. We're restructuring this. Here's how we're doing that, and let's keep moving. Hey, why do you think Trump lost? Honestly, because you had the Democrats who were changing election laws in key counties and key states in the fourth quarter of a game. Again, we use sports analogies a lot because it's it's just a way to, to, to make, it seem, make it seem good. This is like the first three quarters. We talked about hand-checking. Well, the first three quarters, the referees are calling it by the book. Then in the fourth quarter, they say, yeah, it's okay to clothesline the guy. It's okay to clothesline drivers. It's okay to just elbow guys in the paint. It's okay to push and shove. It's okay to hand check. It's a completely different game. And if you are not, if you don't go in knowing that the game is going to be changed, for the first two to three minutes, you're looking at the referees complaining, like, hey, man, what's going on? Why aren't you calling that? Why aren't you calling that? In high school basketball, three minutes go by, shoot, the fourth quarter's already over. It's only eight minutes. 
That's what happened in, in the 2020 elections. The Democrats were in court. They were pressuring local officials to change the rules for how you conduct election, elections in the fourth quarter of the election process. They were in court in August. They were in court in September getting emergency rule changes. And they basically, to, to open up the field to a degree it's never been opened, by the way, um, and that's what happened, I think, in, in 2020. And it's wrong because election rules are set by state legislatures. They shouldn't be set by courts. They shouldn't be set by local agencies. And they use COVID as the fear tactic in order to do so. And I think that's really what happened in 2020. I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. Hey, I, I really enjoyed this. I hope you'll come back. Oh, of course, anytime. It, listen, it's great to like mix sports and politics because – you know, politics can be kind of wonky. Sometimes it can be really boring. But I think that, you know, what people really want to hear is just common sense. And uh, you guys do a great That's job right. with that. I'd love to be back anytime. And I hope you're vice president. And then I hope you're president. <laughs> so that's my hope. There you go, man. <laughs> I do. All right. I do. I, I, love, I love following you, and I really enjoy talking to you. Thank you so much for the time today. All right, listen. Thanks, Coach. Uh, there he is. Byron Donalds, who is fantastic. I knew he would be. I mean, that's simple. He's just great. He's terrific. And all you got to do is give him a follow. You can agree or disagree. That's what you're supposed to do. Politics, you're supposed to agree. Maybe you disagree. I don't know. But I do know this. At least he speaks with common sense. At least he speaks the truth, at least as he sees it. Now, you tell me, did there seem to be a phony bone in his body? Of course not. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks, Ryan, for getting that set up. That was fun. Now, I got to tell you, that was fun. Just, look, you can disagree with me all day. You can disagree with him all day. That's cool. That's part of it. But at least, ladies and gentlemen, you heard somebody with conviction and common sense and attention attention to what happened? I get it, guys around here know this, that, and, but that's what the YouTube chat is for. That's why we have the greatest YouTube chat on the internet, because people argue about it. People say no. People say yes. People say, hey, I loved him. People say, I didn't. That's great. That's what we want. That's exactly what I want. You can say, well, whatever on our YouTube chat, and I think I do, and I hope you all understand it. That's what we're trying to be here. That's what we're trying to be. We're trying to be, well, I don't know. We're just trying to be someone that you guys enjoy being around. I, I am screwing this up here, and I certainly don't want to, but that was good. I get excited when it's really, really good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got some stock up, and we got some stock down. It is Monday. That means we have watched sports. Thank God sports are back. I'm not going to tell you. I am going to tell you. Last week is hard. I mean, last week, <laughs> there's nothing going on. But this week, we are back, and we are rocking, and we are rolling, and we did it with Chad Withrow, and, of course, we did it. All right, stock. Wait a second. Where's stock up? Stock up. Oh, yeah. Carlos Alcaraz. Unbelievable. His win over... Novak Djokovic broke a 10-year streak of Djokovic never losing on center court. How about that action? Djokovic is terrific. Djokovic is someone that I absolutely love. He's my 
Serbian brother. But Djokovic got beat, and I got to tell you something else. I'm going to stock up Novak Djokovic because Novak Djokovic, after, could not have been more classy. He said, look, I got beat in a tight match. You know what? This makes up for a couple matches. He mentioned one in 2019 and others that he should not have won. See, tennis is class, man. Tennis is absolute class. I mean, it's fantastic. And I loved watching the post game. Uh, I absolutely love it. I don't have program, guys, so if you can grab me program, that'd be great. Uh, But that's all right, because I can't see what y'all are putting up there. My man, Vivek Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy, people are now starting to go after him. They're starting to go after Ramaswamy. They're starting to see him as a legitimate candidate. So now they're talking about his Hindu faith and yada, 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 yada. Here's what I'm saying. Vivek Ramaswamy is starting to be the guy that is capturing the interest of normal people, capturing the interest of people of common sense. He isn't, in my opinion, at least what I've seen, a bought and sold politician. Now, is he going to win the election? No, but he's going to bring a lot of interest to it. And he's a really interesting cat. And I'm very much looking forward to, we are efforting him. I want him on our show desperately because I want common sense. He did a deal, and I think we showed it a few uh, last week or a week before, where a woman in Iowa was going at him, going at him hard. My body, my choice. She was crazy. And he just calmed the situation by just simply saying, hey, look, this is a public forum. Have a speak. Just have a speak. Say what you want to say. She calmed down. He did right by her. He didn't get nasty. He didn't get angry. He didn't get like what I normally would be, which is like, hey, shut the hell up. No. No. He's giving who, like, here, my list of judicial appointments. This is who he would. I mean, he is giving you stuff that we need to give. And he wants to get rid of all of these federal, these federal times, (coughs) these federal agencies that appear to be so incredibly freaking crooked. I don't want to get rid of them. I just want people in there that aren't crooked. Hey, Los Angeles Angels, don't trade Otani. He had his 34th home run the other day. Do not trade Otani. Like, I heard something today. Well, you trade him, you get some pieces, and you can always sign him back. He ain't going back there. You got him. Just do a better job. Just do a better job of surrounding him with talent, real talent, not fake talent, not big money talent. Just surround him with talent. And then you don't have to lose him. And then you don't have to beg him to come back. You don't have to do any of that. Stock up, Otani. Stock down, Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki, just stop it. I mean, look, you guys want to argue that our military isn't being compromised by DEI? Then do yourself a favor and pay attention to what our military has to say. Now, she had some good points, if they're true. I never know if they're true. Trump put it in. It's only one hour, blah, 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 blah. But when you take things too far, when you make the DEI the number one thing of our military, then it loses the focus on what the military's real mission is, and that is one word, win. Talk to any military person that you want, win. Don't matter whether you're gay, straight, lesbian, who cares? Win. That's it. Period. This isn't like, you know, T-ball where everyone's getting a prize. This isn't like an LGTQBABCD parade where you want to be everybody's inclusive and everybody blah, 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 blah. No. This is about winning. 
And anything that our military, that our leaders say detracts from winning must be eliminated, and this DEI stuff seemingly does. Jen Psaki, you can spew all this garbage you want. Good for you. You're a very important person. Yay, Rod, go fight, win. But I don't want to hear it. Do you know the name Rex Hireman? Do you know this name? This is an unbelievable story. Do you know the name Rex Hireman? This guy seemingly was living his life as a father of two. He was living his life peacefully. He was living his life, oh, I don't know, as a guy. Well, guess what? This is a 13-year-old serial killer. I'm sorry, a 13-year case. And this guy is a serial killer. Now, there are so many things into this. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to read this right for you. All right. A distinctive first-generation Chevy Avalanche led cops to suspect this guy. The G-I-L-G-O, Gilgo Beach Murders, is something I remember. I seriously remember. Court documents detailed how a key breakthrough in the 13-year case, listen to this, came when a registration search last March showed that a local married dad of two owned a first-generation model of a truck. It was significant because a witness to the disappearance of Amber Costello, who was murdered, identified a first-generation Chevy Avalanche as the vehicle believed to have been driven by the driver. The witness was the pimp of Miss Costello, who only came forward with the key info during an interview with a special task force set up only last year. He described the pickup driving John as looking like an ogre, six foot four tall, mirrors the physical attributes of this guy, Hireman, who is the exact height. The pimp told cops that the suspect in his avalanche, while planning a September 2010 ruse to scare off Costello's John by pretending to be an angry boyfriend so they could keep the cash without sex. Instead, the John used a burner phone to demand that they meet the next night. Now, there is also, listen to this, the burner phone was linked to Hireman's hometown of Massapequa Park, 15 minutes from where Costello and the other so-called Gilgo 4 were murdered. How about that? Man. Apparently, Hireman made no attempt to get rid of the truck and registered it 12 years later. Listen to this. Archive Google map views from 2012, the year after the murder investigation started, showed it was parked outside his First Avenue home. Man. Honest to God. There was also DNA from an empty pizza crust. So this dude's living his life thinking he got away with being a serial killer of four prostitutes. And next thing you know, I think it was four prostitutes, four young ladies. I know one was a prostitute. I don't know if the others were. But any, I, I think they were. But anyway, and all of a sudden this guy gets arrested. Now, we can't find somebody who did cocaine in the White House? Okay, but we can find this 12 years later with pizza crust and a, I don't know, a car? And Google Images? Google Image, whoever came in the White House that day. Sit him down. Figure it out. This guy needs to go to jail for one long blank time. Good police work right there. Great police work right there. 
police are awesome, man. You guys can bitch, whine, and moan about them, but the police are awesome. Hey, the Hollywood writers strike. I got to tell you, I saw this today. Somebody said the Hollywood writers strike could bring down the entire culture of Hollywood. Oh, really? Damn. Damn. That's too bad. Huh. That, that's really too bad. All right. Well, I feel bad. I feel really bad. No, I don't. These cretins. I hope y'all stay on strike. Hell, we can make movies. I'll tell you what I do. I just like going to Instagram and watching Family Guy clips. They're funny as hell. And in Bob Mentory clips. I love Bob Mentory. Let's get Bob Mentory on the show. <laughs> Dan, what's your proof of what you just said? Yeah, I don't know. I say a lot of stuff, bro. So let me know what I need proof of. But hey, you can keep your Hollywood strike. You can get Ron Perlman to threaten people's lives. That's awesome. Good for you. As we always say, yay, Ra, go, fight, win. Right? I mean, look, seriously. I mean, I don't care about any of it. I do like watching movies, and I do have one more episode of The Bear left, and we're going to watch it tonight. And I think it's kind of boring sometimes, but at least it's okay. But these guys can fight. These guys can argue. These guys can bitch, whine, and moan. I don't care. Hey, a one-time guest of Jeffrey Epstein's Pedo Island donates nearly, listen to this, $700,000 to Joe Biden's campaign. Uh, the guy's name is Reed Hoffman. Now, Reed Hoffman invented LinkedIn. That's right. He invented LinkedIn. So he got a lot of money. Apparently, the inventor of LinkedIn got himself a ton of green, and he, a pedophile, or at least a guy that went to Pedo Island. Why would you go to Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile island if not, uh, I don't know, to be a pedophile? Now, I understand that's not what they call it. Maybe it's to hang out with Jeffrey Epstein. Maybe it's to go to the beach. I don't know. How are these people not named? How are these people not in jail? Are they just waiting? Are they just waiting for more, quote, suicides in the Epstein case? I don't know. But this guy, Reed Hoffman, who went numerous, 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 numerous times, is a big Biden fan. Hmm. You know who else is a big Biden fan? George Carl. I don't think he's ever been to Pedo Island. I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, who the hell knows? Um, while everyone is focusing, and rightfully so, on Bud Light, did you know that Tarjay is losing billions? Tarjay is the, well, the quieter, the much quieter. Uh, Anheuser-Busch, it's getting smacked around. It's getting crushed. And I got to tell you, I ain't mad about it. Look, man, I don't care what you do. I don't care what you do. I don't care what kind of clothes. I don't care what, you know, do whatever you want, but don't target kids. Just simply don't target kids. They're still reeling. They wanted to put all of this pride and all of this stuff in front of kids. They lost nearly $9 billion in one week in May. A week before the pride section, the stock closed at $160.96. A share giving target a market capitalization of $74 million, $74.3 billion. The following week, 
The shares were trading at 141.76, bringing the above number down to 65.3 billion, which is a staggering 12% drop. That's 9 billion in losses. Now, that 74 billion is down to 61 billion. Wow. All right. Hey, look, Target's a big money deal. I tell you what they've lost. They've lost Lee Ross. They did. You can get mad at it. You can get mad at me. But when you lose Lee Ross, you've lost a lot because Lee Ross will shop at Target or used to. I am given an exemption from Target going back years because Target is, for a man, America's second worst place behind Ikea. Although a lot of men do like Ikea because a lot of men not named Dockage, any Dockage, like to put things together. Not this guy. I put enough things together when I had a waterbed and I had to put cribs and stuff together. That's it. Target, you're losing your backside, and I ain't mad about it. I ain't mad about it even a little bit. Now, look, people, every show is great. And I know a lot of you came today because you like Byron Daniels and Donalds, and I'm good with that. But show up every day. It's one of our biggest crowds in a long time. And I love you long time for being here. Hey, let's woke it and dope it, will you please? Let's see what we got and see if you all agree on the YouTube chat. The YouTube chat is pumping. People are on me. Love it. Uh, Guns should not be in the hands of the mentally unstable, says senile man with nukes. Ice cream. Ice cream. Yesterday was National Ice Cream Day, and Joe Biden said in my book, every day is National Ice Cream Day. That's the only thing I've ever heard Joe Biden say that I like. He just creepy. Hey, let's make sure uh, once we're done with these next two woke dopes, we go back to the start and show Joe Biden being creepy with a little kid. Ah. All right, what's next? Joe Biden. Should misgendering someone be a criminal offense? Well, I got to tell you, 56% of you are idiots. Uh, you are. You're idiots. I remember my dad got mad at me because I called Dr. Pavlik Mr. Pavlik, and that was a sign of respect for what you have to go through to become a doctor. He was a dentist. But I don't give a rat's ass. My pronouns are too sexy for me. That's right. I'm just too sexy for me. That's right. Hot male. (laughs) Yes, I think it should be a crime. Hey, hey, my man, how you doing, criminal? Hey, what up, girl? Criminal. I had a guy do that out here a couple of years ago. We, I was getting ready to take some, you know, 20-somethings on a boat. One dude was out there, and he was gay. And I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? Well, how do you know I'm a man? I said, not here. I said, uh, you know what? Uh, show me your penis, and you're a man, right? I mean, what are you doing? I didn't say that. I just said, hey, man, not here. And I just kept going on the boat. He was a really nice guy. But I'm not going to sit there and argue with someone, whether they are they, him, her, it, whatever. I'm not doing that, and neither are you. Hey, man, how you doing? Handcuff me. Hey, young lady, what's happening? I'm not a young lady. Really? You got a rack on you? You seem to have a vajayjay. I know your hair is cut short, but what the hell? 56% either... Oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry, my bad. Uh, 69% of you are idiots. That's right. I'm sorry. I messed that up. 69%, either yes or you don't know, 
you're stone cold fools. What was this? This was taken at what? An LGTBQRSTUVWXYNZ convention. There's no way that this many people, 69% of people, either say yes, it should be a crime, or no, they don't know. Look, crimes in this country, the dude that went nuts in New York City wielding a knife, he got out with no bail. And we're worried about this? I got two words for you. Child, please. What do you got next, fellas? The hell? Guy's making me crazy. Janet Yellen, this explains it, consumes psychedelic, wow, shrooms, I see what you did there, in China. Yeah, why? And let me ask you a question. Is that, is that like, if, if back in the day, let me put it this way, back in the day, if somebody in any, any, any form of responsibility in our country, anything, doesn't matter what, it doesn't even matter. But the Secretary of the Treasury deciding that she is going to get into mushrooms on a trip, probably on a state dime, I guarantee you she thinks she's to be celebrated because that's what we do in this world. We celebrate stupidity now as long as they're on the proper side of the media. My God, like, what what are you doing? Like, why? I don't know. She's been the chairman of the Federal Reserve. I mean, this woman has influence. Seriously. She's the secretary of the treasury, and she's bragging about shrooms. Hey, man. Come on, man. Let's do some psychedelics, man. We're going to see. It's going to take your brain to another dimension, man. Yo, Spicoli. Put down the psychedelics and lead or be involved in leading our country, Janet Yellen, you freak you. Who knows what she did when she was on shrooms, baby? Did she give away state secret? Did she have a threesome? We don't know. Who knows? But I know this. There was a day when there was a little more pride and a little more respect by the people that led us, and that is all out the window in the Joe Biden administration. Remember the Joe Biden administration was going to be the one to bring honor and dignity back to the White House? Hey, man, I'm Janet. I'm here for the shrooms, man. <laughs> Let idiot football players do shrooms. Let basketball players do shrooms. Let media guys do shrooms. If you're, if you're in charge of us or you have influence over us, don't do shrooms. Hey, let's see Joe Biden being creepy before we go. I want this image immersed in your mind as you tuck in your child tonight. You know, you've got it better than this little kid. This little kid gets smooched. Do we have it? He's just leaving a short time ago on his way back from the United States. More analysis on his performance on the world stage. Great show today. Hey, everybody that joined our YouTube chat, thanks, man. Be here tomorrow. You can rip me. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I am. You guys say you'd hit Janet Yellen? Really? Hey. Hey, Dan, who would ever do recreational drugs by visiting China? I feel like if you did recreational drugs... Oh, I'm sorry. I missed that. I was looking down. I I feel like... If you did recreational drugs in China, watch the movie Midnight Express. I feel like you get your head lopped off. Uh, Don't forget, like and subscribe us. We'll see you.